0: Okay, hello everyone. Welcome back to the PearPod. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you for the support on the last episode with Simo. Uh, definitely have Simo back on again. That was, a, yeah, it was an emotional experience. Uh, today I'm joined by the founder of Cut and Sew Barbers in Dublin, Sean Bryan. Sean, thank you for coming on. Really, really appreciate
1: it. Not at all. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this chat.
0: So I'm I I, I try to make it a point to not ask the same questions I've seen like you've done in interviews and stuff like that, and try to get into like different areas where I can but at the start it's difficult because we need to hear like your story but I um, am from what I saw the originality of you getting into barbering you actually transitioned from hairdressing into barbering and you
1: hairdressed in black rock it was a salon called Tony and Guy on the main street and uh, I started my hair journey there when I think it was about 20 years old 20 years old so yeah 16 years ago fresh pup maybe nineteen. I don't know but yeah, it was a quite a long time ago. Now that I look back at it, and why was it? Um, like
0: you look at the barbering scene now in Dublin, it's 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 grown immensely. Even from where I started getting haircuts to now, like I started getting haircuts and sporting cuts or something like that, and now there's this huge
1: industry. What was the industry like when you first wanted to transition into it? So, I might have some clickbait content for you. <laughs> that uh, when it. I when I started out, there was no cool barber shops and i was doing hairdressing purely because i actually was a carpenter before becoming an apprentice hairdresser post-celtic tiger or celtic tiger kind of kicked in and i ended up becoming uh, unemployed and what, what am i going to do what industries am i going to go into i have no interest in hair and I used to get my hair cut in Tony going Black Rock, and I was this is amazing. It was like thirty pound, I think. I think the euro hadn't kicked in. That's premium at the time, like that's yes, yeah. premium. But for like a, in considering like your local barbershop would have charged ten. I don't know, ten pound, fifteen. Ten for a skin fade. You 10, like, yeah, I remember paying ten for a skin fade before. I don't think there was a skin fade was on the maybe menu. Not, yeah,
0: maybe not. It was V's back in the day. It was
1: V's and spicy mullets and then um what happened was i don't know i just kind of enjoyed the job and yeah what was what so sick well 16 18 years ago things had changed and i didn't have a light bulb moment but there was no cool male area avenues to go down for a haircut or a skin fade or v's or mullets and the grafton barber who are not paying me to say this at all but they were prevalent and they were the most spoke about or talked about brand because they were in every town and the clickbait might be that i'm like i love what they do in terms of business but i don't like their business and they were in every town i was like god everywhere i go i see a grafton barber every town they pop into every area i go to and i was a hairdresser not a barber so I actually applied for a job with the Grafton Barbers. This is going to go viral. And I think I spoke to one of the founders and I think they, I think they were, they didn't pie me, so to speak, but it was very casual way of dismissing me and like, oh, can you come in and do this? And I couldn't because I was a hairdresser. And I was like, I just got a bit of a feeling that this wasn't for me. You know, it was the way it was done. It was a phone call talking to, to me this big huge brand and i was like wow okay i kind of was actually a bit excited that i spoke mm. to one of the owners and i'm sure that they will hear this and i was like i was very appreciative that they got back to me I said can you do this can you do that and i couldn't actually probably do what they were asking i couldn't do fades which is probably what cut and sew is most known for the skin it's fade. wild isn't it it's wild yeah so that's it's yeah well wow, very good question i didn't mm. even think about that and uh, I saw in one
0: of your interviews that you'd actually seen a, a barbershop, I think abroad, that had like pool tables and stuff like that. And you were like, that's kind of like the vibe you want to set for Cut and Sew when you did open it. It was that kind of aesthetic.
1: Yeah, there was, there was uh, actually these guys from uh, Rotterdam called Skorum, which translates to scumbags. So I don't <laughs> know why it resonated with that. And they had set up uh, like a male-only barbershop at the time. But it was more the rock and roll. The water bottles were empty Jack Daniels bottles. And they put their water into it. And it was very, it was like a tattoo shop kind of vibe. Mm. And you'd go there. There was no appointments. The music was pretty cool. They had like an old, uh, like 1950s fridge. And they give everyone a beer. Or sometimes they would actually give them a whiskey. There was ashtrays on the table. And it was very sexy, so to speak, aesthetic. And I go, whoa, this is not like fancy tony and guy Mm. pristine clean-cut salon vibes oh my gosh i don't like the salon vibes i like this musky tattoo shop kind of grimy come on in what's up like to be people from all walks of life there was the guy that swept the road there was the guy that was maybe a pilot and there was a guy that was maybe who knows a multi-million there was no crypto guys back then but I like the vibe. Don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah, Don't talk none to the, me about crypto. None of them rich crypto guys. No,
0: no. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping cool hands so here. <laughs> keeping cool hands. It's gonna pump. It's gonna pump. Um, I want to give you a compliment actually. Uh cut and sew is probably one of maybe two brands in Ireland that I could go in and be like, I want I can get a haircut off any of the individuals here. Uh, you know you know typically like in old school, you go to a bar and you be like, I'll have Jason. And they'd be like well i'm, I'm over here like, i'll wait for jason but yeah. now in in cutting so particularly especially in dundrum um which was like my local shop i used to go to i i used to get butchered in a couple of places in dundrum <laughs> and then that place opened i don't i won't even say don't there's um, no need and then uh but going into cutting so like there'd be such a variety of stylists and like guys to cut and it would just be i'm next and i got Barbarous. same quality what did i say stylist that's from that's from bloom on and there'd be, be a like, variety of lads that got, probably got cut by six or seven different guys. And quality was always really, really good. So uh, what is your thought process when you're hiring and looking for guys so it's or very, girls?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's very different to the rest. And I think that's why we do stand out. Uh, a bit of a motto that we use is you don't work for us, you work with us. And no other industry in the 10 years that we've been open seems to get that or has got that or has verbally or spoke about uh, opening on social media. Like I knew years ago when I seen uh, "Barber wanted in the window, that's not the way it's done. So what we look for is generally somebody that's maybe a customer or someone that has done one of our workshops or that's organically come through the shop that it has happened. Like a reason why we don't have TVs in the shop and Playstations and dartboards, is because we actually VR and all. yes
0: <laughs> and a restaurant over here today. Come in, guys! Yeah, come on. Yeah, what are I, we doing?
1: What are we doing? And it's like we actually used to call it a social club because I'm heavily tattooed. I actually loved going into the tattoo shop where I used to get tattooed every other week, and the guys were like, they were like the the DJs to me because I love music. I'd be like, oh my god, that's. That's that famous tattoo artist and he's talking to me. That's the owner. He's the famous owner. And I would be like, whoa. And they would acknowledge you. So they would see that you come in and support, get a tattoo there, whether it be something as cheesy as some of the stuff I have or some of the cooler stuff. So when we would see these cool kids coming in, I goes, there would be a spark and a conversation that would happen. And I goes, okay, this person's very interested in this shop or brand now. And I could see like a natural uh, spark. Oh, they're interested in maybe becoming a barber. They like what we do. They're in here every week. And they might not have the nudge to say, is there any jobs or how do we go about it? So we created an academy, which was kind of a nice way to to, to get to know them and have that awkward conversation. And it's, um, it's something that's st- stuck to us or stuck with us over the last 10 years that we do an academy every month and anyone that comes in and gets a haircut we kind of have a very open conversation to see if they want to to join the cut and sew family and lo and behold without blowing our own own horn we become the largest independent barbershop in ireland in irish history never it's actually never happened by a milestone so I, i'm very humble but i'm also very proud
0: well done that's huge thank um, you and one of the uh in in one of the interviews I read it said um, you opened your second location on Wellington Key is that where it was and it was like that was a punt for you at the time you were like this is a uh, like it's a it's a bigger location you had like competition across the road and you kind of looked at that as as soon as the second shop worked you were able to open three and four quite quickly Uh, what did you look at when you're looking at a location like that
1: you've done your research I like it Whoa, yeah that's... That was, they just,
0: uh, uh, man, all the comments are just like, Sean, shut the fuck up. Like, do, no, your, do
1: your research, like... Not at all. That's insanely well thought out research. So, yeah, so we had a shop which was thriving. We'd run out of space. I don't... I have I have still not seen in 10 years and I would love to motivate people or even people that have worked or come through cutting So, t- to be motivated, go, I want to do better than that. And we had just done something that has never been done before i actually in my heart i don't feel it will be done again in my lifetime Mm. purely because instagram had happened or had started and we just so happened to clicked we were on the youtube buzz we are growing on youtube and uh when when i opened there's a little small story when i opened uh the first shop uh, a client of mine told me not to get too big it won't work keep it safe he kind of was like you don't want to ruin what you have and I remember kind of there was like an intuition or it was something that clicked in my mind I said hang on there this guy has set up in a different industry like uh kitchens or food spots that didn't work and I was why am I even considering taking this guy's advice so I said I believe in it I kind of knew the risk versus reward and there was a particular shop or brand shop chain of shops that were really nice to me when we are in literally started at the bottom mm. and that I, I used to go to them when i started to get haircuts to be nice and as soon as we i got the hunger and looked at the location on the keys which was not in a basement had a big window like there's a picture of me on the instagram outside looking in it's super motivational like I, i'll look back at it in 20 years and be like i could literally envision the next move and you can see the old uh brand which was actually a sewing shop so it's funny that we're called cutting Yeah. and we messaged them I actually sorry I didn't mess them. I walked in and credit to myself I walked in and was like is this place because I had a to let or whatever sign on it and the guy was like yeah yeah we're looking to sublet or to get rid of this lease and we went in and the guy ended up giving us the landlord's details. We got the landlord's details. He said, let's strike up a deal and cutting. So on the keys became the biggest boom ever. Mm. So the biggest risk we took was going from one shop to two, which anyone that listens or watches this will know the struggle is the in any business probably, but I only focus mainly on me is that. Going from one to two is the hardest step you can make, and I, I even from our conversation, I would love people to get that snippet to be like, "Whoa!" Like when you have something that's working perfect, to then risk yourself going from one to two to diluting the magic quality. If you can do, if you can do two, I think you can do twenty, but I don't want to dilute the magic. So that's why we're at shop six, but going from three to four to five to six has happened super organically. Yeah. Uh, but you need to maybe figure out that magic sauce. Mm-hmm. And that's why now I'm a business coach. And I actually do want people to grow because I don't fear any other brand uh, or any other barbershop. That's not how it is. I don't think that's the right mindset. And from chatting to people like yourself and pe- and guests of the podcast, I'm like no one else. Uh, that's successful in my opinion uh, thinks about anyone else apart from what they can see or what they're in power of. It's... First of all, congratulations. Six shops is fucking wild. <laughs> that's sick. Uh,
0: it'd be interesting. I, I always try to ask all my guests about what their their typical day looks like because your day must have completely changed now from like, you know, first shop to now you manage six locations. Like, are you just jumping around the city all the time? Are you still cutting? Do you get to like do you do you prioritize getting a few cuts in a week anyway and that's still a priority of yours and then it's you know managing them and then looking for other properties and looking to expand like what what is your day looking like i'm just going to check
1: the camera quickly inside. of course no problem i can sp- still yeah, keep speaking and um, my day has totally flipped the the typical day of sean used to be fully booked turning away clients from doing 16 30 minute haircuts a day uh every day five days a week and we actually the reason why we grew is there was so many people actually getting turned away that that's how we had to grow the business and add more sections and spaces in the shop and when there wasn't any more space if you couldn't knock a wall down we had to go and get another property Mm. and i feel very lucky because a lot of people now can't seem to fill one shop let alone try and knock down walls and compromise certain areas of the building to allow the business in so in a in a small way i feel very very lucky to to be able to to grow the business and my day to day now i had to i actually had to not work in the business and work on the business Mm. and i say it all the time on social media and people i feel kind of they don't get me (laughs) and i'm you know like if you talk to same man yeah you know when you're passionate about something and you're like, why are they not getting it? And then there's I, there's about, uh, I don't know, a, a lot of people that I follow and that follow me, and I have a very small following, I think, in my opinion. But it's a great reach. The organic reach is huge. And I'm like, these are all business owners. and I'm like, they're not getting it. They're like fully booked in my industry doing haircuts. I'm like, you're not growing your business. And I've become a coach more so than a... Uh, just just a barber but humbly i am that's all i do with day-to-day is cut hair and i love doing it but my day-to-day is i would say if you're if you're into percentages is 20 percent cutting hair
0: fuck okay
1: so it's maybe bad. less and it's wow. and i and i mean and it's funny that it's cutting so if you look at if you want to call it success i keep on doing this i <laughs> yeah, usually you're,
0: you're very animated with your hands like me i need to make yeah. that's
1: why I'm, i have to consciously do stuff because i'll be up here and i'll be
0: knocking stuff yeah i have to try and do stuff with it but the
1: day the day today is i pro i do put in a lot of hours and I, it's funny it's i'm delighted to be on this podcast and have a chat with you because i'm like i haven't really spoke about what has changed I, i'd love to actually look back and be like when was i actually last lucky to be a guest on the podcast and be like whoa you know i haven't really thought about that's i've just been so you know in there just
0: in the you're just in the, the it's like a snowball's just rolling you're just keeping going
1: keeping going and yeah. it's and i'm it's great to be I'm, I'm at a landmark part of my life to have hit 10 years in cutting so but the last six months i've been the most focused i've ever been and since The start i'd love to know sean and have documented me 10 years ago what was i thinking podcasts weren't a thing Mm -hmm. and now i'm like holy shit i actually get to recap and uh, document which is so important you know content is key to be like oh my god i didn't realize i was doing six days a week six sixteen haircuts a day six days a week i think i never took a think i never took a holiday longer than a week and i only took two weeks holidays for as long as i can remember Mm. so when people now are like a hustler entrepreneur they're cutting in the shed i did six days a week and there was no flexing on the ground back then and i'm like you know what i'm i think there's a bit of a secret to success in the graft and i don't and people they don't want to do and i see all these videos and snippets which we love and i'm like they're so actually right and they're very simple it's Mm. consistency it's if you're not passionate about it it won't work and my day today i love it i'm so ritual when it comes up i'm up at like i used i'm up at like seven or eight and i'm like which is kind of late to a lot of people who i follow
0: don't even like the the I I I'm I would consider myself an early riser compared to some of my mates. So my alarm goes off at seven. My missus gets up. She gets up straight away. I'll roll. I'll snooze at once, and I'll get up by twenty past, and we'll go to the gym. <laughs> like I have mates that who have to be in work for nine, and it's a forty-five minute commute. Their alarm's gone off like eight, and they're like, "Oh fuck me!" And then like roll into some clothes, fall out the door, and I'm like, "But then you you see the lads being like." You, get, you go to bed at 8. You're up at 4 a.m. <laughs> you're at the gym by 8.45. Hour, an hour of oh. prayers. You're like, oh. okay, okay, get the prayers in. And then it's, it's gym, two hours. Eat, gym again. And then grind for 10 hours. And you're just like i think i i think the beauty you even said it yourself the beauty with like putting time into stuff when you love it and it's your passion and you enjoy every part of it like for me today when you were like can we do the part about eight thirty like there was no hesitation for me at all because i enjoy doing this so there's Amazing. no there's, there's no part of me that's going to be like jeez eight thirty like there's no part of me like that it's like great we get to get it in this week so it's um do you uh do you miss the cutting at all or did you burn yourself out so much doing so many that the a little bit when you get to do a couple a week it's just an enjoyable thing to do
1: so it's it's really good and i'd love to to kind of talk to people about it some people take offense that I can't cut their hair and when they see the owner on the the bio the booking link bio they think he's better he's more experienced oh my god I, i'm fussy with my hair and i really need to have the owner so i've actually tried to outprice myself and i'm i'm actually too nice a guy because when you go back down to the core of sean i'm sean who's a barber by trade Mm. i'm all of these other things but i understand the value of money Mm. and that's what i think is a bit of a beauty with myself and cutting so we haven't done a price increase in four years because i still walk around the city and i cut hair i know how much the local this is support local is a huge slogan i stand by I know how much my mom gets paid. My dad just retired from the army. He's a chef. He's a world class chef. He's won awards within the Irish Republican, not in the Irish Republican Army, but within the Irish Army. Everyone's got to eat. Yeah, everyone's got to eat, not the IRA, (laughs) not the IRA. But he worked for 43 years in the army and within the Irish Army, he's won awards. And I know how much he values money. So when I think of how lucky I am to be charging What i charge for a haircut and i see all these american guys and the rappers flying over barbers and 200 quid a haircut and the celeb barbers i'm like that's not for me like there's a couple of people who i would love to cut their hair but i would nearly feel awkward like i get very shy for such a i would call a social person i actually get very shy i'm just like i don't know the yeah i don't i'm going off track there but the what was the question? Well, I'll, I'll come back to that <laughs> yeah. one.
0: Now that you mentioned it, who would be if you could gather like someone you could you could of all
1: people you could cut hair? Who whose hair who would you like to cut? um I like to push the bar and then push it a little bit. I think most people in Ireland would like to cut uh, Rob Lipsit's hair. Thank God I've done that. He's a legend. He's one of the nicest guys ever. Darren kennedy I've cut his hair years ago. Humble beginnings. Mm. Super nice guy. Mm. He, I think, goes to a guy that used to work, uh, with us, Jay, who's a lovely, lovely guy. Um, but then I would think who's bigger? Like McGregor, I'd say it's mixed opinions. I'd love for this to hit McGregor and be like, you know what, kid, pop over or whatever, proper 12. But I want to think bigger. I want to think David Beckham. I want to think, uh, Leo DiCaprio.
0: Beckham would be a lovely one because
1: he's got beautiful hair. Oh. he's got i just think beck look at the tattoos i i was a massive football fan as a kid i think like who would i think is a nice guy like tom hanks mm. leo dicaprio like yeah leo dicaprio i think i th- I can see myself getting into film and styling hair because someone someone's seeing what we do and go oh my god this Irish this irish guy i feel like not mark Wahlberg. i feel like that would be a nightmare. <laughs>
0: over 345 yeah Yeah, he'd be like
1: yeah 345 haircuts i'd be like i'm just awake so (laughs) i don't know yeah beckham even yeah beckham not the kids i think david beckham is 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 someone leonardo dicaprio let's put Hmm. it out there
0: what would your uh i always find it interesting because every barber kind of has different answers what's your perfect amount of chat when you're cutting someone's hair like if you're cutting beckham's hair if he just wants to like if he's just looking down at his phone or he's just chilling are you just chilling for the whole thing or do you, no. will, you know you you'll do a uh, million percent now yeah,
1: yeah yeah i'm like no if anyone that is a client of mine or knows me and it's not to my detriment to to my success it's like i make and i you should make the person in the chair feel like an absolute vip regardless if they are a vip or not sometimes the biggest uh, personalities and the most successful or famous people in the chair are actually the nicest and i think they don't want to talk about what it is that they're doing if it's music if it's sports if it's entertainment i think you bring it down to a personal level and anyone that i've uh, had the pleasure of cutting their hair they like to talk about the day-to-day stuff, mm. so I keep it easy breezy. You know, if you get Michael Jordan in the hair, well, in the chair, he's no hair; it'd
0: he's be, bald. It'd be, a, be a quick cut. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be
1: a quick cut. You're not gonna go like, oh my god, I've seen that Netflix documentary. <laughs> like, uh, tell us about that. So, anyone that's in the chair, I think, make them feel like like a regular person, and I feel like I'm a regular barber. Because like oh, you know that's you're paying me to cut your hair, you're the same person as the next person, and I treat everyone the same. It's all the same price, you know. It's it's a it's a very humbling experience. So that's why the celebrity barber thing. If somebody was saying, "Can you come out to my house or hotel to cut my hair for a thousand euro, I'd probably consider for and a you thousand jump euro for a grand. For I mean, a grand, I'll be there, mate. I'll yeah. be there. Don't you worry. And there's a, there's a few people that would be like, but but I actually really like. The people who are quote—I don't keep doing as quote unquote famous or wealthy, you know, they pay the same price or they tip. You know, it's mm. it's it's very nice, and there's no one, there's one or two people in cut and so that we don't charge, but they give us more. Like very few, and it's it's actually out of—I don't know. I just think thank you for coming in. Mm. The people I won't name names, but the the barbers in the shop that cut the hair like. Oh my god, I can't believe he came in. That's amazing. And I think that's worth more than the price we charge for a haircut. Ryan
0: Tuberdy. No, no Tubbs. No. Never Tubbs. He's got a I'm I far- would like to do I wouldn't film there with down Tubbs. He's got a he's got a, he's got a lovely like flicked back look, little quiff you get little to, to be a a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um in terms of uh just this is just interesting for myself. You you spoke in I don't want to keep right I keep saying interview, but it wasn't interview. Yeah. Uh, you spoke about how you saw like haircuts in like Mad Men that kind of was like inspiring your idea for cuts. Very much so. And like what other, I'm, I'm just thinking for me, like shows that I watch, obviously like Peaky Blinders, Brad Pitt and Fury. Do you remember like the-
1: You've done your research. Yeah,
0: like that. So that one for me, when I saw Brad Pitt and Fury with the skin fade and then brush it back, I was yeah. like that shit is, and like I had loads of mates trying to do it. My hair is too thick to get the, the quiffness back. But um, what other ones did you see that kind of were like trends or shows you saw that kind of inspired
1: new looks? um there's a movie coming to mind which i can't think of now bruce willis is in it mila Jolovich is the fifth element yeah and gary oldman is the guy in the movie that has the craziest hair chris rock chris tucker excuse yeah. me uh has these crazy hairs like when i see a movie uh, i'm automatically drawn to the hair and the styling and I think Jean-Paul Gaultier designed all the costumes in Fifth Element Mm. Bruce Willis I think had hair in it but not good hair Mm. so I'm a big movie fan I love movies anyone that knows me knows I'm in the Stella every other week I'm in the Stella on Sunday morning to watch The Goonies at 12 o'clock girlfriend is like we're going to the cinema at 12 like you're getting me up on our day off I'm like yep and she's like cool okay so movies to me like anyone uh, I love prohibition era films which you kind of covered and uh, what is the tv show boardwalk empire which yeah. is michael pitt actually has the more iconic slick back mm. pre-peaky blinders and he hair nerds will know he had the zero on the back and sides he kind of has these fish lips blondie kid at the time and it's like really really greasy rocker like doesn't give a shit
0: like russell like one of those brands like you know, russell like, yeah
1: and they love it but peaky blinders is now the really good tv show it's not my favorite but um yeah mad men was a great example because i used to go to a shop called the waldorf Mm. on westmoreland street and i used to get the the pomade slick back haircuts but it doesn't suit my forehead which is a six head
0: yeah uh what time we at there yeah we'll just reset the cameras quickly let's be back in one second okay we're back what's going on sorry about that uh People are probably getting tired of me having to cut every 30 minutes, but it's the world we live in, and I'll upgrade the gear one day. Uh, so in in terms of you've, you've talked a lot about you didn't have any kind of, I guess uh, this, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. It seems like you've almost got a, a, a blissful, I don't want to say naivety, but just a, a confidence that things are going to work out, and if you put your time into it, it's going to work, and you don't overthink about the potential negative implications of a decision you make and you're like, you have full faith in yourself that you can achieve what you want to achieve. Would you Would you agree with that?
1: What's coming to mind straight away is when I started out, I cut hair, I made a good wage. And to anyone that is just a barber or that cuts hair, cutting hair for the amount of time that you do is, I think it's a good, it's a good wage. It's an honest wage, I think of myself when I go back to Sean, that just cut hair like a bricklayer or a carpenter, or a tradesman. You know, it's. I don't think it's or a craftsman, an electrician, a mechanic. And my dad always goes, "How do you have so much, like, self belief?" And I goes, "I don't have it self belief, but I'm like, if it all failed tomorrow, I could cut hair.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have the skill set to cut hair and to make a good wage per week. So anyone that is just cutting hair every week." That sees all these like flexes and bling or whatever you want to call it. Like that's all, that's irrelevant. If you're happy and content and you work, you know, 48 weeks of the year, you get four weeks holidays paid for by your employer and you're happy and you can buy a house, you can buy a car, you can do all that. I don't worry because if one shop didn't work or failed, so what? Like I can still cohere, I can still, live i can still like rent maybe not rent somewhere that i want to rent mm. but i can just cover my costs and it's i don't know it's i I like to keep grounded to that moment where i'm like i'm still a barber or just a barber mm. and we did a documentary called not just a barber shop when we hit five years uh in business and i goes you know what it's a nice time to document the success, if you call it that at the time. And then the 10 year party we just did, we did a, a barber event, the first of its kind in Ireland. It sold out. We sold out the sugar club. We probably could have sold it out two times over. And that has now sparked us to do an annual show. And we're looking at the same venue and another venue to accommodate the traffic. And it's, if that, if it didn't work out, I would be happy cutting hair like I do some. Days of the week, in cut and sew, and for all went tits up. I got, I'd work, I would work elsewhere, but I would want a good wage. Would you say? uh
0: Just interesting. Would you say uh, you're a materialistic person, or you get like uh fulfillment from being able to make purchases like that? Because it seems you're, from the impression I get, you're awfully well grounded, and like being grounded like that, and even talking about how you're not afraid or worried about the possibility that if one day I had to go back to just honest barbering i'd be happy to do that i think that almost gives you so much power to be so many other people countless people are terrified to take that next step because what the the fear of not achieving it is more than their will to actually go and try it so are you motivated by those things or what is it that motivates
1: you whoa insane question that's insane that was a
0: a mouthful (laughs) that was so
1: whoa no and you know what as a kid we all wanted the best nikes or in my case lacoste track suits or whatever it is Fuck yeah i know like that's i'm an og now i'm 36
0: i had a camouflage double new york yankee one that i wore all the time i was it was it was tan like tan camouflage mark, oh.
1: mark echo case yeah, with i Marco had the fake like, i had the fake bling watch with the I think I got a Moore Street or Henry Street. Go to an Argos and get one of the pendants or something. Yeah. Like, get it. Half price jeweler. Shout out to anyone that's my age. No, I, I'm not materialistic. And it's a fucking great question mm. because this year, when I hit 10 years in business, I bought my first Rolex. Nice. And it's a very humble watch. And it was, I never, my most expensive purchase for anyone that sees it and might be like, Oh my God. Like, even piece of clothing. I bought the Oddstone Island piece and never bought Canada Goose or Montclair or I actually bought a Gucci t-shirt about four years ago and it was 300 euro. And I remember buying it. We were in Zico. That's it was a Christmas party. I was like, Oh, what do I buy? I want to look at Jaeger all over it. And all <laughs> it. <laughs> the, the, t- the label fell off. I was like, I was green. I just said Gucci was the biggest Gucci shirt I've ever seen, and I remember thinking, "Is this what success is to me?" And it it so wasn't. And I see everyone doing this, and it, as a matter of fact, I don't wear many big labels, if any. And um I always said a Rolex isn't for me, a Range Rover is for me, or fancy cars. And then my thought changed because. There's a lot of milestones you get to. And then when you surpass them, which if you're lucky enough to surpass, you're like, okay, what's next? So I see why people might want the fancy car, the fancy watch, the fancy house. It actually doesn't matter to me. And I had a conversation today with my best friend and we were looking uh, at a jewellers. We were just, we're in Dun A friend of mine, Jono, uh, has, I have two best friends, but Jono was there and he was looking at a, a watch and the watch was 150 quid and I goes it's a beautiful watch. Mm. I've never I bought a Gucci watch years ago and it was 795 euros. But I actually used uh, some of my one for all vouchers towards and I was like and I felt like I actually felt like that watch was the most expensive Rolex. So it, to me it represented something that I'd worked hard for. I knew how many hours I'd worked to make to to purchase that watch. And I was like, I felt great. But then as I've grown in business or hanging around with super, um, successful business owners, or I've changed my circle massively in the last year. I'm like, okay, it's, it's not like a status symbol. I, I got the, the Rolex that I liked. I went into Cullen and Co. and into Charlie. Shout Is out. Was that a nice day? It was, it was it's a nice day. It's a nice day. Swiss watch club. We might get a snippet and Charlie might give us a discount. Did you know what you were getting going in or you're like, I'm going to go and. No, I went in and fl- flare got. Flying with I, me. I went in and was like, well, totally. I was like, this isn't my pay grade. And he had a chat with me and it was, it was an experience. It's like anyone that's flown F uh, to me. A, a monumental moment was flying business class and I haven't flown first, but I, I, whatever. I'm not too keen if I do, but if I do get the free upgrade, I'll be happy. But when you go first class, Anyone that has done it or has been upgraded knows it's very hard to turn right on the plane mm-hmm. when you go to economy or premium economy, when you've had the champagne or orange juice, when you go left.
0: I only go right, man. And it's always, it's not al- at all. It's We're- always a fucking bodybuilder and his wife in the two middle seats. <laughs> You're like, ah. Oh. And then you have to, be like, I actually... Because I booked the window seat. I'm like, that's... I always get it. I'm not moving. And I get... You get the people who are, like... I'm like, you have to be like, excuse me, I think you might be in here. Uh, and you're like, am I going to... Do I have to move? You're like, well, kind of... Kind of, yes. And, I, like, I'll say it
1: because the middle's the middle's not happening for me. Not happening. <laughs> but, but sorry. Yeah, to, like... No, to to me, I've actually... In the last couple of weeks, I've sold some of, like, the old, like, Stone Island bits I've got or Arctrex or whatever brands i'm just like i don't i don't need much so i'm i'm not massively and sorry to, to get back to the story today i was looking at this watch and the thing i do recently on my instagram stories is actually any client that's in my chair if i feel comfortable comfortable enough to ask them i goes can i have a look at your watch and i post it whether it's an og watch i had a client of mine had a 20 grand watch on which to my knowledge the most expensive watch i had a guy that was like this is like 50 euro And so I kind of want to start a trend of just showing clients Mm. what watch they're wearing. And I got, I got this particular watch as a symbol to me of like, you know what? I have uh, enough funds or it's a land, it's like a landmark 10 years in business to buy a watch that is on the cheaper scale of Rolexes, by the way, to just be like, you know what? I can be in this part of the club because I I do think of myself as a success. I think enough, enough people are too like oh no no no. And it was like it wasn't a star symbol I don't flash it. I don't try and be like I don't get the it's the, the least blingy watch, you know. Hey, then that's that's it there. You need the time. And it's like I've I'm doing driver lessons at the minute and I'm like of course I could hire Porsche rent the flashiest car or Range Rover or G-Wagon and I'm like I think I'm a bit more humble than that and grounded too if I lost it all what's good and I'm only starting to become a businessman 10 years in mm. because I've messed up I've lost businesses you know I've been in bad situations but I'm very lucky to have um I think the the DNA that I do from my mom and dad hard working nothing was handed to me self-made and I'm like I was even thinking today back to the story for the third time I might sell the watch. I don't really need it. I felt just as good, if I'm honest, with the Gucci watch, you know, which was like so little, so like such a, I don't know. I, do, I felt, it's little things. I'm like, you know, I feel just as good with that watch as I did to a watch that's X amount of times more expensive. And it's, what does it matter? I really didn't believe it. So maybe when I get the G-Wagon or, I don't know, a fancy car, I'll be like, you know what? I feel pretty good, so you might see me in a Volkswagen Polo you might see in G wagon.
0: There's a there's a, a subtle beauty to a, a Ford Fiesta. Do you know what I mean? There's a bit, there's there's you know there's nothing sexy, but you get a new Bluetooth. There's nothing sexy. Well, but like I, I have a I have a Honda that actually was just just got out of the shop. There I had a I, I got told the alternator was gone, and it actually wasn't. It was a wiring issue, so it went from like a three hundred quid problem to like a fifty quid problem. And man, I got back into that car yesterday, and I drove it home, and I was like, "Fuck, I love this thing." Bought it for <laughs> twelve hundred quid four years ago, and it's still humming along, not a bother on it. So it uh, I like the only thing that gets me. Motivated. I'd love to have a, a really nice house. I don't. The car yeah, do you thing. Know what? The car yeah. thing doesn't matter to me. A re- and not even a huge house. A nice house with like a good space, good living room. Because I'm living in a cottage in Rialto right now. So like, nice. And it uh, well, yeah, three rooms. So you you eat, you, you you sit and watch TV, and then you go to bed. But it's per- like I love it. It's my favorite place I've lived I so presume far. Presume
1: the other room is a toilet
0: there is actually there's, a, there's <laughs> oh, a, there is actually it's actually the luxury room. someone moment. else is living it's in a, there it's it's a bit of a that room is like a you you go in it's probably the same size as out about here but it uh i i the only thing the car thing i don't care about i drive i drive a, a banger for the rest of my life it doesn't it doesn't get me going but even the watch you said like that's an investment even though you don't want to say it like that thing will appreciate if you look after it
1: yeah yeah it's i don't know it's it's something i'm it's nearly like uh i keep on i'm reading so many books at the minute I was on holidays with uh with actually my girlfriend and like i was uh drawn in if you spoke about deep stuff i read this book about a dj that became a crack or meth addict or total drug addict and i was like okay i read all of his luxury stories and purchases and he was wearing outfits that were like five grand per day but he had no real teeth in his mouth and he was like a crackhead but he was in gucci clothes and he had a, a watch that I, I couldn't even ever afford probably And he was like, he still felt like he was fine in this crazy addiction cycle. And I was like, what the hell? Like, how did he feel? He goes, I. he thought this label made him feel good. When we do a cut and sew launch or merch, I actually, I'm like, nobody in the world, apart from the 50 people that might buy this hoodie will have this. Mm. And I feel just as banging in the cut and sew merch which were we've done a collaboration with maser we're doing now with a guy called gav connell and i'm like that is my brand i love rob lipsit when he reps alpha lee i used to be i used to buy lips fitness i remember buying out, yeah a little tanker but but now i i have my own brand and i'm like i'm so proud I, I, I was in brown thomas today real quick i seen a Balenciaga hoodie i've never bought any of that brand and i seen it goes i actually like the look of it it looks Wrecked and this, what do you call, it? what's the word? Distressed. distressed It looked like someone just put like a shoe polish over and I went over and said, like 900 quid. And I was, you know what? I guarantee the quality of the hoodie is good. Mm. And but then I'm like, like, that's two weeks wages to the general person. And it's like, if I lo- lose it all and everything of a hoodie there, that's two weeks wages or two weeks rent or two weeks, whatever. And I'm like, you know what? the cut and sew hoodie represents more to me than that and we're doing a merch shop and the hoodies are 40 euro <laughs> i would say i wouldn't even call it merch i've
0: actually bought one of your pieces from the dundrum store before i'd call it apparel would you agree apparel, i, th- I yeah. think merch almost de like values it devalues it a little bit because merch for me is is people taking uh uh everything yeah, no well they they take they buy a, a really cheap like hoodie and then stick a label over it whereas like at least in the pieces that i tried from you there seems to be a lot more thought and time that goes into each piece wow what do you uh how involved are you in that process and like like how important is the apparel to to your business man you are smashing i'm like i've had two points i don't know how this is going down
1: <laughs> I'm, we're probably I'm, not even recording Harry. could you imagine no no i'm fucking hard ho- i've had a few horror stories of that so it's recording um Yeah, I would love to be like I love I love Kanye West in so many ways, and then in not so many ways. And I see snippets of him working in like a ranch in like I, not Ohio, but Ohio's coming to mind. I think it's Wyoming, a Utah. 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 Yeah, he loves it. And I'm like this lunatic, if you want to call him that. Sorry, if anyone's a bit of a snowflake, but I I mean lunatic in a great way. I'm like this guy is standing on the desk. He's a team of people around him. And he's just like getting what's up here into the physical world, designing shit, playing music. He is like one of the great creatively. Might as we watch this documentary, might be a little bit unwell, but are, are probably one of the, the most creative people of our generation 100%. I don't even buy Yeezys. I actually bought fake Yeezys years ago. Funny story, <laughs> ter- <laughs> ter- terrible fakes. But I'm the process to me is like it's a creative process. I used to do graffiti and. I'm in, I'm not in Brown Thomas all the time. Brown Thomas is a luxury. If you're there once a year, you're lucky. And I, sometimes I don't even go in once a year. I like to go in a window shop, shout out 50 cent. But I go in and I'm like, eh, okay, I my myself. it feel good. But I think people need to normalize what the brands they support. And it is important because now that I'm in a position to, A, create hoodies, t-shirts, apparel everyone that has bought a t-shirt or a hoodie or a tote bag or a candle or even wax i'm like whoa like i would love to know the number of people that it has reached that has purchased something that says cut and sew on it because it's the power of the brand and when i design a new product excuse me i had a point before this as well as you know when i design a product i give i i sketch it out Yep. And I have a reference, and I say, I, "Okay." And we always accredit the artist and designer. I'm like, you know, it's not really a collab. You pay them for their artwork, and because they don't, it's not. As you said, it's not merch. It's not like a contract that's oh, this is going to sell a hundred thousand globally. And,
0: but yeah, signature and blood and all that kind of shit.
1: Yeah, but any, but it's 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 so I'm so uh, involved in it, and it's amazing. And every time we do a merch launch, we're doing a party now with the new merch shop and i can't wait it's it we're getting people together it's going to cost us money to do the party to get the djs we might get a sponsor from a couple of drinks companies or something and i'm like oh. it's like a creative process that to me uh, enriches the brand and that's why people continue to look at cut and sew. i think in a like a positive light and not like other brands that have you know uh diluted themselves or become a chain and it's even though it's six shops i don't feel like we have diluted in any way we've enriched the brand
0: if i could give you three
1: cities around the world that when you're done you, there's a cut and sew in those cities what would they be new york um spain i don't know what city in spain are like islands but are we saying marbella is that a city
0: yeah i'd I say don't, so but that
1: might be, uh, that screams if you went to, I went to Madrid for a weekend.
0: I was going to say Barcelona. Madrid, well, I haven't been to Barcelona, but Madrid was fucking Island. beautiful. It was, and it was very New York-y. There was like, you go down the main street, it's a big LED screens, like New York. I was like, Jesus Christ, it's like a proper metropolis. So that would be a, I think Madrid. That, I think that,
1: yeah. Yeah, that New York's going to happen, actually, regardless. Like, it's going to happen if it's a cut and sew, or a derivative of that, or like a vision life so many friends and contacts there and it's actually been spoke about so many times it it should be like you know what i mean it's like it's such an amazing story formula and i believe we're the best at what we do and then i'd like to keep maybe one answer like to you know what just let's see where i travel next mm. i'm in new york in november we might look at premises
0: uh so You've you've grown up in Dublin. You've seen the city kind of grow in the last ten years. You kind of have your finger on the pulse if you're in you're in around the city so much. What do you make of Dublin right now as a place to live? Are you you, you talked about other places that you're looking at, like to travel to and stuff? Do you see yourself set like long term in Dublin or do, does it kind of appeal to you to go to other places?
1: Um myself and my partner, we live in Temple Bar. It's it's not pretty at the minute like it's really bad I hate to be to say that but it's not it's not the same there's a lot of pockets of beauty and it's it's grim I I'm from delary which is a beautiful south you know city coast or you know south coast part of the city it's beautiful I love delary you go to the 44. You walk to Salt Hill. You walk to Booterstown or Black Rock. Black Rock Park is a place
0: I keep on going back it's to. Right beside my dad's house, they live just up in Booterstown Avenue, really? there, so that's a oh, local park for us. Yeah, just down from the point well, My ball. dad, my dad married into that. Don't don't get any good work, Chase. Love you.
1: Buyers has <laughs> always land on their feet. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like Dublin. It's I love Dublin. I'm a I'm a patriot. Is that a good thing? Yeah, like I'm proud to be good. Irish, and that's why I'm massively like the odd time you'll catch me getting a McDonald's. You'll never catch me in Starbucks, even if they. I trust Shit me, coffee. it's shy coffee. There's a couple of Irish chains that are shy coffee as well, <laughs> which I won't mention. Call them out. No, I'm taking the piss. Don't. But don't. but anyway, yeah, Dublin. I I love Dublin. I don't know. Again, I'm I'm mad in love. I'm found a woman that it all makes sense with, and whatever, like whatever our journey leads. So I just really believe that. I feel like we we could sell. I think Church sound is beautiful. Dundrum. Drum. Dorky is a man. I walk. I'm mad into walking now. Dorky, Kliney. Oh man. It's, is mad, it... it's mad when you cool down on the session a bit. You're like, well,
0: Sunday, I guess we're going to walk again. Yes. Yeah, have you, you, done you,
1: K- you know I used to party when I'm now out
0: hiking. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> have, you, uh, have you done Kliney Hill ever? I just did a few beautiful. weeks ago. One of my favorite ones to do. Kliney Hill's beautiful. I don't know which house is Bono's, but I think I was looking over the fence. <laughs> we went to, uh, me and my missus on, off top. we went to Vico Baths just to go for a swim. Okay. And, uh, we went down, it was the first thing in the morning, go down, and like a few kids went down in front of us and we were like, oh grand, head down. And then we turned the corner and there's, there's two couples, two blokes, two girls, all fully naked, like fully undressing, all the bits, every big hairy fucking thing. And that's the moths. And, uh, <laughs> and then, so we're walking down and I'm like, yeah, I, I spot them first. I'm like, yeah, they're straight up naked. The kids like run past and turn back to their mom. And I'm like, yes, I feel like I feel the exact same. We turned around and left. They kind of were jumping in and there's tits everywhere and big fucking dicks everywhere. And I was like, this is... I'm not going to go get in. Like, would you get in? Would you hop in? Um, I'm not against nudism. <laughs> I think it's mad in, in something like that. It's, I, I wouldn't feel not. comfortable. Private, private old spot, 100%. But not, you, you know there's people coming down. You, I, you think know Vi- I think the Vico
1: are. is like a, an official nudist. Is it actually? Because my
0: missus said that and I was like, I don't
1: think so. Yeah, I think so. Oh, fuck, that's real mad right back to the 40 foot then. Back that's, to the 40. Yeah, exactly. wild. Don't take your, like, jocks off down sea points or anything You'd be arrested.
0: You couldn't pay any any money to get out of the Irish sea fully naked and be like, hey, Maybe go. Starbucks
1: could. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, no shit. Uh, I guess, as we're kind of... What time are we at? Uh, no, we're still okay. Uh, in terms of uh, your your work life now, people don't always talk as much about the kind of negatives and the sacrifices they made to kind of get to where they are. What What are some of the sacrifices you made? Man, you are
1: killing it. This I just like what this should be like this a part one. Chat, chat
0: GPT questions.
1: Um what sacrifices have I made? And there, I actually would look this is these are questions that I would have likened to have written down to be asked. Mm. But
0: sometimes it's nice that you don't get to think <sighs>
1: of for it because then it's oh sorry, my camera just died I'm just gonna reset that. Nope. Think about it. Yeah, no problem. Are we still rolling with uh, yeah, yeah. No, vocal? A, yeah, we're vocals, never The sexy vocals. <laughs> Think about it. What have been some of the sacrifice oh this sounds very sexy? What you always? No, just like welcome to this podcast. Oh, yeah, man, Dangerous with focus. It
0: sounds,
1: sounds crazy. Some of the sacrifices yep. I probably have made um when I really think, you know, when you hear this quote that five, you need to sacrifice yourself for five years. Like Gary, fucking just do it, bro. Fucking do this. You need, I think, if you sacrifice for five years, no social events, worked six days, sixteen haircuts every day, and then some, and then do the socials, and then do the business side of things, and then network. And I remember doing that, you know, ten years ago, I was twenty six. I used to DJ in joe burger or crackboard and i'd be getting 70 quid for like four hours but when i was there i was networking here's my business cards oh my god sean you good to see me? have you any appointments i remember like no social media no business cards actually probably i was like one-to-one meeting the people on the street screaming about coming to me for a haircut um come in to me come into to me community and i would go out and i would dj and i would be social and i went to work and i was I had youth on my side so i could probably not be hung over but i could be out in a bit groggy and have to do 16 haircuts the next day Fuck. and i would not anyone that i was around like i can't work saturday is such a big day i work for myself by myself i can't do it and i missed i, I didn't my first wedding was my first wedding was in I think it was in COVID. I had two weddings during COVID. And it was the first time that I ever, ever went to a wedding because everyone was like, Sean, so, they knew the story that I was such a hard worker that I couldn't take it off. So I was only ever invited to the afters. Mm. So I'd never been to a wedding, actually. in and, and no one in my immediate family is married anyway. And I'm the eldest of six boys. So I was like... Ooh yeah
0: yeah your fucking parents were hard i'd say jesus christ six <laughs> blocks we've my it's just me and my brother and my mom's worn out like so
1: but but yeah so yeah a lot of sacrifice nothing as i said one or two holidays a year like you get six weeks holidays a year if you work for a company like with bank holidays and your holidays and i'm like i don't people don't really maybe see that side of it so i'm like would you do what 50 weeks doing six days a week for five years For years yeah to to be successful and the answer a lot of the time is probably no and that's an amazing question or
0: it's or it's yes for a, for a couple of months and then you're like jesus christ and it's a wednesday and you're like holy shit it feels like i've been working for eight years and i'm and like maybe you're yeah not, you're not excelling at the speed you thought and that's and you're like fuck man i'm gonna have to double down here and keep grinding even more and that's where people like not stopping is the only way to not stopping not stopping man uh i want to get into a little bit as we as we kind of wrap up it's two things i'll start with this uh i noticed your tattoos yeah Um a lot of you see a lot of barbers now they're you know it's doubling as piercing it's doubling as tattoos it's doubling as a cafe do you have any vision of cutting sew? you know having a a tattoo shop downstairs you could go in
1: or you you're yeah your barber straight up straight up no it's 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 funny enough i had a client my last client yesterday is a tattoo artist in a a spot that has shut down the barber and for a long long time i i they're super successful now in the tattoo that none of the guys there want to it's it's there's too many options i love a separate coffee shop i think that's something that's gonna happen because i love coffee my dad obviously is just retired he's a phenomenal pastry bakery chef and yacht they say don't trust a skinny chef and my dad's, he's a, he's a bit of a, bit of a Ned Kelly on him. I like that. And I don't want to mix what it is. It's easy, I think, to, to grab something from every industry, but I actually think it dilutes the core value mm. and look at the success we have with just being a barbershop. And it's funny that you say that because now I, I being offered from multiple other businesses like hairdressers, piercing, Coffee shops, uh, blah blah blah. So now there's no desire to to open up a something within cutting so other than cutting hair.
0: What's uh what's your favorite dish your dad will cook for you?
1: Um, he does a roast chicken with this crazy homemade sauce, roasted vegetable, yeah. roast mash, not roast mash, roast potatoes, and like this mental creamy mash. He ah. Oh, it's rare that it happens, but yeah, he does it once or twice a year.
0: That's one of my favorites, man. Or uh, shoulder of pork or something like that. Um, I want to finish it off? What is
1: dangerous when focused? Dangerous when focused is I would. I don't know if it's a motto. It's something that was said to me, I think, or maybe I said it to old employees that when you are in this super mode of fucking like focus, you're dangerous if you believe in that motto or mindset it's insane what you can achieve and i was more dangerous when i wasn't focused whether it be partying or missing work or missing the biggest commitments of my life because of the session or i actively was partying like crazy i was doing everything i was actually more like i was so dangerous when i wasn't focused that people you said to me oh my god sean when you're focused you're fucking dangerous Mm it should be called dangerous when fucking Focus," but it's not very pg so it's something that stuck with me and some of the people who i find the biggest influences in my life whether they're pts whether they're not famous if they're in certain areas they all say it to me and i could name them all day and they're like man so it's something that's probably bigger than cutting so if i believe it and uh it's it's gonna be it's gonna be big and it's I'm gonna write a book. That's something that I, I just automatically I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna delve into that just to show people like who I am, what it means to be dangerous and focused. But I haven't really delved into. But I can actually already see on my vision board the chapters, Mm -hmm. and it just means anyone that really focuses on one thing can be fucking dangerous. So I don't know if that answers the question, but it does. And I. I'd be excited to read that book. Would you try and write it yourself or would you try and get
0: like someone oh, to come yeah. In? yeah, yeah, good man. Yeah. Good man. I think that'd be great. Uh listen, I don't want to take up it's fucking me 10 o'clock on a Friday. You've got better things to be doing. Not at um, all. Um, what's your plans for the weekend? Then we'll wrap it up.
1: Plans for the weekend are my I'm working tomorrow. I've got I've a one-to-one coaching session in the morning. I have a couple of haircuts then in the early afternoon. Then I have a one-to-one business zoom with a client from the UK. Then I have a staff member leaving, so I'll have to buy him a pint or two. Then I'm meeting up with my one of my business partners for a quick catch-up pint or two. Then chilling Sunday with my girlfriend. We're going to see the Goonies in the Stella. I love the Stella. And then Sunday afternoon from two o'clock until who knows when, I'm free to maybe have pints, to chill, sit at home, watch probably, uh, what's that TV show? I fucking love it Come down with me Order a pizza And then it's Monday again I love it man I love
0: it You haven't seen Oppenheimer yet Have you?
1: I have What do you think? Row 1
0: Europe. We, no I was you in, in Cineworld
1: I went to IFI IFI were like you booked the lighthouse went to lighthouse they were like there's no seating for you and your two mates it's in the cineworld in the cine World. front row nightmare so I'm, kids I'm, no just front row it's
0: too long this movie it's it is long, long. It it's long. great but is it's movie it
1: season now I can't wait there's so many movies I want to see so I'm buzzing for cine season
0: beautiful man look thank you so much for taking the time my jamie do appreciate it i'd love to do this again uh love to see you set up your own podcast and and you know just tell more of the stories man i feel like we could have gone for another two or three hours so really appreciate your time and uh hopefully we'll have you back again thank you very much i don't need to tell you cutting so probably not probably you need to get a cut in dublin if you're ever fortunate enough to grace this city cutting so is your place to go for a fresh trim okay and uh yeah i'll see you all next time no idea who's coming next but it'll, it'll be someone and uh i'll see you in the next one peace
1: lovely bro thank you so much man that was beautiful